Where art thou? Where art thou? Chit chat. Do it. Am I calling you? We should actually call Lawrence Hill instead. Okay. Wait, what? <laughs> we should call Lawrence Hill. Yeah, I agree. Okay, wait. Can we do that over? Okay. 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 We should call Lawrence Hill. I agree. You got his number? Sure do. That must be Paul. That's me. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, Paul. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Hi, Larry. How are you doing? Hi, Danielle. <laughs> fine. It's been a long time since we've been able to say hello face to face. Are you both working from home? Yes. yes. Remotely for sure. I've moved yeah. most of my office into a corner of my house. It's pretty much a fort to keep my kids out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where Danielle is. Garage or something. <laughs> No, I've managed to uh, convert my room into an office, so we're fine. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Well, I'm sitting in my home here in Hamilton, and, um, you know, uh, I don't know if you want to touch upon this in the podcast, but we are in Spain this winter, and uh, and we came home about a month ago because we saw the situation deteriorating in Italy, and it just looked so bad there that, we decided to come home, even though there was not much happening yet, thankfully, in Spain, COVID-19-wise, probably no more than in Canada. And um, and at the time, it seemed like reacting out of an abundance of caution, and I almost felt sheepish to mm-hmm. cancel all my plans and come home. But in retrospect, I'm, I'm really, really glad that we got out quite early. No kidding, and, especially uh, right now. Yeah, it's just, it's just heartbreaking. Oh. I mean everywhere in many places in the world, but Spain included. And I guess because I spent so much time living there, I was there writing this winter. It's, it's doubly heartbreaking to sort of perceive the level of suffering. It was pretty pretty bad. But um, anyway, so I'm, I've been home for about a month now. Wow. So what have you been up to for a month? Uh, well, I'm working on something new, which is just about done. I sort of was... Uh, by the way, do you want to save this and move this into the podcast, or are you already recording, or what? We're recording everything right now. Okay. I should have told you that yeah. right okay. off the bat. <laughs> we just want to see, make sure everybody's alive and doing well. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Mm-hmm. It, well, definitely alive and doing well. You know, worried mm-hmm. for the state of the world and for everybody else. Uh, but um, I, I, I am working and researching, and in my case, the research involves writing and some reading related to the subject. Uh, and I was a little bit stalled creatively on the big novel for adults about the history of the Alaska Highway. Mm-hmm. And as I was feeling kind of frustrated that I wasn't making as much progress as I wanted, I decided to give myself a little break and to switch gears and to write something else. So I, I switched gears and wrote another book, and it's pretty well done now. And the publishers accepted it for publication and seems to love it. And I've written eight drafts, and I'm now working on a final revision uh, after sort of hearing back from my editor. And it's a it's a novel that I've of the kind I've never done before. It's for children, sort of age nine to thirteen. Mm-hmm. That would be the primary age group. I hope other people will read it too, but that's the primary target. It's a 320 page novel about a very tempestuous relationship between a 
a 10-year-old girl who wakes up one day and finds herself all alone in the forest where there are no other human beings, and she has no memory whatsoever of who she is or where she comes from or if she has family or anything. She has zero memory of her previous life, although she knows how to take care of herself. And she is uh, developing a very kind of hot and tempestuous relationship with a 700-pound crocodile who mm. wants to become her best friend, but she's not sure if this crocodile is going to devour her for breakfast one day. And so it's really an allegory about trust and friendship and danger and finding one's way home and um, uh, and isolation. and and uh, Isolation. And also about... Yeah, because she's although she's the only human being in this forest, and has no way to get out, and and has no idea where she comes from or who she is, and she happens to be black, but her own blackness only starts to dawn on her, you know, as she begins to approach the possibility of reengaging near the end of the novel with society, and so it's partly a meditation on the awareness of racial identity and how that is it really a factor of. Um, geography and of one's social situation because clearly if you're the only human being in the forest your blackness isn't necessarily going to be registering with anyone let alone yourself yeah. and so it's a it's a meditation on friendship and race and racial identity and journey and trust uh, and I had a lot of fun with it it was just a riotously ridiculously silly novel that tries to be I guess serious and subtle ways too and I had a lot of fun with it. It's called Beatrice and Croc Harry because the two characters are Beatrice and a crocodile whose name is Croc Harry. I started working on it hard in the summer uh, of uh, 2019 so it's been you know just maybe about uh, nine months and it's pretty well done. I, I think I need about two more weeks to finish up this eighth and or ninth and final revision wow. and um and I'm really delighted the publisher loves it. And uh, obviously, we're all waiting for um, not only for health in in the populations of Canada and the world to return and for the pandemic to recede, but we're also waiting for the economy to turn around and for mm-hmm. industries to start functioning again. And as you can imagine, the publishing industry, you know, has just taken a dive. I mean, authors can't do tours or speak or don't have audiences and bookstores are shuttered down. And so it's it's very hard for authors to kind of make their way right now. And I'm very fortunate to have a job at the university and I count my blessings daily, but not everybody is that fortunate. So it's a hard time for, for writers. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, for all of us, writers and artists included, that things turn around, at, you know, as soon as um, the stars are willing. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's what's happening in the arts now. We're all kind of stuck in a in a place, and we're left with nothing much more than our creativity or a screen if we want it. Mm-hmm. But I feel there's going to be a lot of creative things popping out in the next few weeks or the yeah. next few months, yeah. nine months. So. Um, there's going to be a lot of wild ideas. Yeah. yeah, I think there will be a lot of, hopefully, a lot of wildness and creativity born out of this pandemic there might be a lot of babies going out of it too but <laughs> we are joking around about that today about the We're divorce not. and babies and i said there's going to be a lot of babies with hyphenated last names in nine months <laughs> oh dear um so so yes i think it is it certainly it's a fertile time mm-hmm. for me and it's, it's weird and you know um 
anybody who's a sentient being is worried for the state of the world and and it's it's just uh, you know if you if, if any of us had been told like a year ago or the last time we spoke or something by the way pretty soon people won't be able to travel people won't be able to mm-hmm. conglomerate or meet you know yeah. even family members who aren't living together won't be able to see each other it's going to last possibly for many months um tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people are going to lose their jobs um and and you know it, it travel will become inconceivable in the, at least in the short term mm-hmm. these things would have just absolutely shocked us and it's you know it's deeply frightening to contemplate sort of uh the disintegration of the structures you know and the freedoms and the abilities even to earn a living that we've known um and I just have to hope that we find our way always with civility and kindness and love mm-hmm. and and respect and peace. Yeah. Uh, it, because it, I think it is a time when we could easily see others capitulate, you know, to the forces of right. uh, isolation and hatred and nationalism and um, kind of, um, you know, retrenchment socially. And, and I really hope that does not happen. Well, the one positive yeah. in our house has been karaoke like crazy. <laughs> um, it's all happening. And I believe we've uh, attempted to do your brother's music. I don't know if you're familiar with Dan Hill. If you've ever... I, uh, yes, I'm, I'm modestly familiar with Dan Hill as I grew up with him. Oh, okay. And uh, I know the feeling of karaoke because I wouldn't dare do that. But I did bust out a a broom the other day to do a dance in the kitchen with my wife and one of our kids is at home. And, so, uh, and it's been a long time since I've danced with a broomstick uh, just for pure silliness. Yeah. And so I guess there's probably a lot of silliness going on in households these days. Oh yeah, cabin fever. And what was yeah. your TikTok address again so I could see that video? Of you dancing? <laughs> I'm hoping not. I would, I, would, I would ruin the day if anybody saw that, but I had fun too. So what else have you been doing to uh, keep busy? You wrote a book, and when you said that, uh, you switched over to the other book, Beatrice and Croc Harry. Um, I thought you wrote all of that and eight drafts in two weeks, and I was totally no, comfortable in, with in that. About nine, in about nine months. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, but the last uh, several months has been a particularly intense flurry. You know, since I went to Spain, and in Spain I was writing like a madman, and, uh, you know, sometimes – as an artist, I found leaving the place that I'm from is very liberating and, and sort of sets in motion even more intense writing. You know, you need time mm-hmm. to just look out the window and, ha- and and just let your imagination go. You yeah. need time to sort of not be chasing your own tail, you know, 12 hours a day. Um, and I find that when I am sort of in a quieter mode without a lot of public obligations or not chasing my tail, so to speak, I, I tend to be a lot more productive and just more joyous, you know, as a creator. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Daniela? How are you? TikTok. How are you keeping your your spirits up in these yeah. really trying times? Um, I've been trying to create a bit of a routine for myself as as much as I can. Um, yeah, my my partner and I just stocked up on on puzzles and and some video games and whatever we could do to <laughs> uh, distract ourselves, I guess, with the time. And but it's been but it's been good. Yeah, good. Did you guys build separate forts in your house too? <laughs> Not yet. It may that's come down cute. to that. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. 
<laughs> that, that sounds like a father with young kids. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Separate for it. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. I'm an adult, and I don't mind it. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> well, it's really nice to hear both of your voices, and uh, I'd be happy to chat with you again anytime you feel like it. And, and I'm hoping fingers and toes crossed that one day soon we'll actually be able to say hello in person again. Yeah, and almost high five. We'll just stop short. <laughs> Depending on what the rules yeah, are. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll high five at a distance of at a distance of fifty meters. Yeah. There we go. Sounds good. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Larry. Thank you for taking the time, Larry. Thank you so much. It's great to hear your voices. You do. You too. All right. Okay, cheers. Say hi to the broom for us. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Bye bye. Wow. Chit chat. <laughs> That's hilarious.